Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Ah, oh, man, so many good things said. I was just like, every time you give a mic to Ross or give a prophetic word, starting with that prophetic word, I mean, I just, I knew it. I knew that God was going to give us a word today. My spirit was anticipating and Oh, man, so much that goes in line with just what I wanted to share as well. And Ross, thank you so much for sharing that. That was powerful. When you put God first, that's his promises. That's his word. And it's like, Lord, yes, I'm going to acknowledge you in all my ways, in my finances, in how I do things. And you can be sure. That's his word. That's his promise. Say, Lord, if it's not working, what's going on? You can bring that before you can confidently rely on God's word. Okay, and today that's what I wanted to share a little bit about. Um, I know last time I've shared, um, what are you looking for? I really, Matt Marzine, did you take it back? <laughs> All right. Amazing. Um, I know that uh, we did not have a service uh, last Sunday. And by the way, people that show up to Alaska, that, uh, it can only happen in Alaska. We might get an earthquake, we might get a snowfall. I must say, two weeks of nonstop plowing for me, uh, a loader and a truck became my second home. <laughs> oh, I, got, I got pretty exhausted, I must say, but at the same time, I got to worship the Lord. I don't know, like, sometimes you're like, your body is so exhausted and you're tired, but there's something inside you that your, your spirit just worships the Lord, and you're like, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Um, I don't know what it was, like yesterday I finally got a chance to the loader and I pushed up that, if you guys noticed, that big hill of snow. Um, and I don't know why, I was just really exhausted and just this morning I, um, driving and all of a sudden just passing Fred Meyer, uh, just joy of the Lord came, like Lord was like, hey Vic, that was a pretty nice big pile you made. <laughs> I don't know why that brought me so much joy. But then like I got to church and the second part of the, like, thought came. The Lord was like, that's how big I want to bless you. And then you hear this prophetic word and what God is going to do. We've been anticipating, church, for all the good things that God has for us. He wants to use every one of you. Wherever you're at, in your families, in your businesses, in your work, that you'd be able to just be able to lay hands on the sick and pray and God is going to, God is going to use you. I've been saying that a lot over the course of like last few months and the word that's been spoken here, you have the keys to the kingdom. You have what it takes. Well, oftentimes we think you have to be a certain special, someone special to, uh, in order for God to use you. You know, most of the kingdom of God is based on obedience. We talked a lot about there's this prompting, the Holy Spirit. He will never force himself into having you do anything. It's always free will, right? But there'll be that inkling, the promise, and the Holy Spirit. If you, are, if you receive Christ, you have the Holy Spirit, and he guides your life. And what happens sometimes, it just gets cloudy, because when we get distracted, when we get focused on, the, to, um, on these earthly things, we can uh, stop hearing the voice of the Lord. And so what I'm saying, when you're continuously putting God first in everything that you do, you're going to start seeing God's favor and guidance in everything. And, in, you know, what Ross also mentioned, that it's, you, can be assured, you can be sure of that. 
That's his promise. It's his word, right? And when you pray for somebody, don't think about whether they're going to get healed or not. I mean, God, Holy Spirit convicted me. He said, you're worried if you pray and they're, if they're not going to get healed. And he's like, say that again, Vic, and listen to yourself. And I was like, yeah, what if I pray? <laughs> it's not about me. So when I switched that analysis of that, I'm like, Lord, it's your word, okay? And we even had Sukina. I mean, throughout this year, we had just amazing, powerful words from McSwain, from Pastor Mark, from Nancy. And they've been very profound. But um, just th these things that... God has been speaking to us. They're very much relevant in our spirit, in our life. And I think God is now saying, go. <laughs> just stop it. Stop doubting yourself, right? And just put God first and just see what he can do through you. You will not fail. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Because a lot of times people that get this misconception, come to Christ and things are going to be amazing and smooth and... <laughs> The thing is, the moment you accept Christ in your life, you get this big target on your back. It's called the devil. And because he knows the potential that God has placed in every one of us, in you. And he will do everything he can to try to deter you from God's plan. And to living your full promised life and your full potential. And he can, I'm just warning just this year, pay attention to the littlest things. Things possibly you enjoy. Anything can become a hindrance. Just be aware of it, Okay. I'm saying, I'm not going to say what you should do or you shouldn't because it's all free will. But pay attention. I bet, I'm, I'm sure, I don't know as a believer, you're allowed to bet. Uh, I can assure you this, that when you put God first, that even when things get difficult and stuff like that, you later will come out of that and you'll say, I see why that happened. Last time I shared, I talked about being pushed into your purpose. Okay? So oftentimes... The discomfort that we face is actually the very thing that God is using <laughs> to put you in a purpose. So when you say, God, get rid of this, please. And God is like, I'm not going to get rid of something that I'm using you using to push you into the very purpose of God. Oof. Anyways, I was just trying to just let my spirit out today because there was a lot that's been building up. And maybe that's what happens when you miss one Sunday. You're just like, Lord, I just love you so much. I was worshiping today and just putting my heart into it. I was just like, Lord... This year is going to be a phenomenal breakthrough. And I want to warn you, I mean, there could be challenges. There could be wars breaking out. But we're not, we're not based on feelings, right? We're not being moved with feelings. We're moving with faith. And faith thinks things are completely different, okay? Things are like, the faith says is evidence of things hoped for and uh, things of hope for and evidence of things not seen. So you can totally look at, this nasty war or anything that's happening or any kind of a disease breaking out and you have no fear. You were just like, I'm not afraid anymore because I got the Lord in my life. Amen? All right. All right. Let's, let's say this, Lord. Uh, my heart is open. My mind is ready. Make me better, God, by your word. I receive it. I believe it. I won't be the same again. In Jesus' name. Shout out great, big, amen. Woo, amen. Oh, we have kids at the end, so please uh, uh, be patient. I'm like, Lord, I'm going to, here's what happened, <laughs> the challenge. Because I had a message last week, and then there's also a new year. And I was like, Lord, please help me put the few thoughts together. So I completely just wiped it clean. I had to like just go according to what the Holy Spirit is kind of leading me to. Um, I wanted to bring 
The title of the message is called From Comfort to Calling, <laughs> okay? And it's been a lot of those things that we talked about, being pushed into your purpose and things like that. Uh, first word I want to bring up is uh, Magnificat. It's a, a Latin word means uh, to magnify or to glorify God uh, or to say how great God is. Uh, it's especially known um, if you have certain Bibles, like if you look at ESV at the beginning, it says the Magnificat, the, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, but the, uh, the Magnificat, uh, right in Luke chapter 1, verse 46 to 55, you can read that. I'm not going to get to that. I'm going to just do a little passage from it. But it's called a spontaneous song of praise uh, that Mary, who soon is going to be the uh, mother of Jesus, right? When she just got the news, breaking news just happened. Um, Luke chapter 1, verse 46 through 47. I'm just going to read that part where that word originates. It's to magnify. Verse 46, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Um, so that's the prayer is known as Magnificat, okay? Um, it's a powerful concept of what it means to magnify the Lord in the midst of uncertainty or whatever that can come your way, okay? Um, to magnify God, because when I was younger, when I heard that, it was a little bit confusing. I'm like, God's already big. I'm going to make God bigger? And it doesn't mean to make God bigger. It means to bring his big, uh, bigness closer. Does that make sense? Everybody understanding? All right. And there's two types of magnifying. We know that even from school, right? There's microscope and there's a telescope. I just uh, had this amazing thought that the Lord gave me. And I was like, wow, that's great. Microscope, um, obviously we know it makes small things bigger, right? Those things are actually originally small. You're just making bigger, like germs and all the little stuff, fun things. Um, and you can put whatever you want under a microscope. I had a blast with it when I was in school. Um, and then telescope is bringing big things closer. So this is where the emphasis of what I'm talking about when magnifying God, what it means, right? Telescope is bringing big things closer. Uh, closer. So things like they do to use telescopes to see from like these galaxies and you know, different planets and heavens, like just from way big, but they can see him close. So when you magnify God, you're bringing his greatness, his bigness closer to you, okay? It's pretty much, you finally have a revelation of who God is, all right? So, and that's when you start acknowledging God in all of your ways, and God is reflected in every action you take, amen? First point I want to point out is what you magnify matters, Okay? Um, with it's a good concept for marriage, right, as well. You can choose to magnify all the negative things in your spouse. I can guarantee you, you'll find them. Even Scripture says, seek and you shall find. <laughs> no. But what if you, challenge this year for all the couples out there, magnify what's great in your spouse and start speaking it, okay? And say, I love this about you. I love this about you. And uh, I'm telling you, it is something that's so profound that I think it's just connecting very well with this message as well. Um, so what you magnify matters. I just want you to see with me what Mary chose to magnify in the middle of this difficult and uncomfortable experience. Uh, and it really wasn't, right? I mean, it really was not very comfortable. She probably didn't tell many friends. Um, she went, it does say the scripture that says she went to Elizabeth's house, which was her cousin. Uh, Angel told her to do that when she asked, how, how is it even possible, right? 
And the angel says, it's not possible by man, but it's possible by God because she was a virgin. And all of a sudden, the angel shows up and says, you're going to give birth. And she's like, what? I've not even been married, you know. Um, but I love how God operates. When God births something, you know, we're talked, we received that word from the Lord about birthing. God is birthing. That means there's going to be a lot of souls being birthed into the kingdom of God. I'm really excited for that. That means it's all on us to foster in, bring these people in. Amen? Hallelujah. So, but I love how God operates. He gives a word to Mary. And he knows. Think about it. This, all of a sudden, God Go, you're, you're, gonna, you're pregnant now, and, well, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and just walking with that in that Jewish culture, all of a sudden you're pregnant. I mean, you know, people kept themselves from marriage and things like that. I mean, that's discomfortable. I never thought about it until, like, the Lord kind of revealed that part to me in a way. So, but I love how God operates to reassure her. So when God gives you word, it's just like, you know, when God... Um, if he gives you a word, he'll put you in the market for it. If you ever start looking at a specific vehicle, didn't you notice all of a sudden you start seeing it everywhere, right? Like, I want a Volvo. And all of a sudden, like, Volvo, 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 Volvo. Like, I don't want a Volvo. Um, Ford truck would be nice. Um, thank you, Lord. <laughs> it's the one that's gone. <laughs> no longer with us. Crazy year. For those that don't know, I, yeah, totaled the truck. But praise God, I'm here. I was worshiping God today thinking about that, too. Praise God. Um, but I love when God gives you a word, he really, um, he will solidify. He'll back you up. So Mary gets this, and she's like, and he's like, boop, and it's gone. Like, there's not much dialogue because, because she just says, how can it be? And it's like, oh, just don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit will come on you. It's not, not possible meant by, by God. Okay, gone. That's it. She's left with that. <laughs> uh, for us, later looking at the story, we were seeing from the side, it's pretty easy. Like, oh, we know what's going to happen. But for her at that moment, She's going through this, right? And God put me in that kind of picture for a moment. But he goes to reassure her. Man, I'm trying to get to this point. I just get excited. Uh, to reassure her, he's like, I got you. Don't worry. Go to your cousin Elizabeth. See what happens. <laughs> I love that. Look at Luke chapter 1, 41 through 44. I, I don't know why I got so excited about the scripture. Um, and when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. Whoop! Like... And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, God is confirming her. <laughs> Verse 42. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that a mother of my Lord uh, should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting come to my ears, the baby in the womb leaped for joy. So despite what others might have said, she chose to magnify God's words. And God reassures her. I think it's great because for, for those that know that uh, Elizabeth, her cousin, she couldn't, it says her womb was closed. It was closed. Like she couldn't have babies. And all of a sudden, God does a miracle for her. And the connection, boom. Next thing you know, like God is like, I got you. Don't worry, Mary. So in that culture, all of a sudden you're walking around. I mean, think of what people are going to think. I'm a virgin, but I'm pregnant. Like that just sounds crazy. It's a lot of weight, Right? promise it's not Leroy, Leroy it's the Lord um, just I literally we don't know that the amount of pressure that was involved in that um, I'm not adding to it I'm just telling you how I'm looking at it from her perspective of everything that she did but I'm talking about today about God's word when he gives you the word okay and we heard that today again 
his promises and when he says that you, when he's birthing something in you and today you get this excitement you're like man God I'm gonna put God first and we're gonna pray with our kids and if we are gonna uh, read the word together do it and see what happens see uh, trust God in your finances trust God with your health just start putting God first in all that you do at first it seems like you might be a little lost but you'll see the moment passes and you're like wow Lord I've persevered through here, I persevered through here. I saw what happens with others, not for the sake of comparison, but Lord, I saw your hand over my life. And so here's God's hand moving over uh, Mary's life, right? Uh, she now conceived the child by the Holy Spirit. And there's another issue too, right? What Joseph thought. That's her um, fiance. They're about to get married. Um, what about her parents? Uh, there must have been tension is what I'm saying, Right? And so when, oftentimes what happens is when God gives us a word, there's going to be tension. The moment, uh, and it's, uh, it's scripture many times uh, warns us. Like when God gives you something, don't just go and tell somebody. They're going to deflate you pretty quick. Say, yeah, no way. I remember when I was, I shared with somebody that God is calling me to be a pastor. It was one of my brothers. <laughs> Not the one you think. <laughs> and um, I could see like, you know, he's my boss. You know, he's. How is he, you know, I could see and then look. But then I realized the Holy Spirit is like, don't be too quick to share what God gives you. It happens so many times. Um, Samson's parents and other situations in the Old Testament. God, don't be too quick, but inquire of the Lord. Remember um, uh, Esau and uh, Jacob before they were born, right? Um, their mother, what's her name? I forgot. Pastor, I forgot. Jacob and Esau's. Anyways, Sarah, right? Rebecca. Thank you. <laughs> Didn't sleep enough. Snow plowing. Um, and then uh, when she didn't know what was happening, it says she inquired of the Lord. So I'm just telling you, it says a warning. When God gives you a word, don't just be too quick to tell others. Because a lot of times what your friends will say or your people that kind of don't have your best interests at heart sometimes, they'll just deflate you. So when God gives you something, just start inquiring of the Lord. And I can guarantee you that God will direct you in everything. Whether it's business, whatever it is, say, Lord, what should I do in this situation? You're prompting my heart to do this. You know, you're prompting my heart to bless somebody. Uh, you're prompting my heart to do this. Um, bring it to the Lord. He will direct your path. Amen? So despite all this tension, Mary makes the decision. She said, I'm going to magnify the Lord. So what you magnify matters, right? Um, what you magnify becomes real to you. There's such thing as, have anybody heard, it's called target fixation, right? In military, um, they talk a lot about that in aviation. Uh, even on motorcyclists, I noticed because I ride a bike in the summer. And uh, not, a motor, uh, not a bicycle, I ride a motorcycle bike. Um, and uh, you can get, like you're driving and you can look at something and it will quickly just draw your attention on the side. Maybe there's an accident. Or if you're driving, you know, over by the lake and then you, all of a sudden you see like a couple of drunk people fighting and you can just... Be careful that area because so many people rear-end other vehicles. Um, that's also like intersection of McDonald's. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? But target fixation. And what it does is um, um, they, they, they train, okay, in military, they train and also like motorcyclists. They talk about it when, before you're passing the test. says do not fix your eyes on an object, right, um, other than the road. So that's called target fixation um, because you'll lose the sight of a big picture, like what's happening uh, uh, in front of you. It's called also situational awareness, all right? So pay attention 
what you fix your eyes on. Mary, all the people are dropping probably, oh, what did you, did you hear about Mary? She's pregnant, but she says she's a virgin. Um, I can imagine all that was happening, but she chose to magnify the Lord, the Magnificat, okay? God be praised. Second point, the best things God has for us begin with us being uncomfortable, okay? <laughs> I shared about that last time, being pushed into God's purpose. And God will use every situation sometimes to move you into the purpose. Yes, it started up with a conflict, but God wants to elevate your marriage to the new level. You ever thought about that? Because people a lot of times are afraid to get, get into conflicts. I, I, I remember one, uh, Pastor Mark brought up an example, but I know somebody who said, I never argue with my wife. Uh, and I was a kid still. I was like, oh. And then like 10 years later, they divorced. Maybe you should have argued, right? <laughs> because people are afraid of conflict. Conflict or tension, they cause things to develop and build. Like if you notice, if you and your friend ever had a falling out and you reconciled, did you notice that a friendship can get to the next level? You, 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 you begin trusting each other. You kind of see each other's flaws. So, man, this is not a marriage <laughs> okay, a message. Um, but I guess there's some points in there. May the Lord bless you. Receive it, okay? But don't be afraid of a conflict. Just know that I have an opportunity right now to elevate my marriage to the new level. Amen? You next time get in attention with children. Lord, you're giving me an opportunity to become a better father, to become a better mother this year. Amen? Hallelujah. So don't get target fixated just because your kid's screaming. And if you, all you're fixing on is that, just, ah, he's my child. I bet I was like that when I was little, right? <laughs> all of a sudden, when you're allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you, you begin seeing things, parenting, how you do finances, how you do anything, how you talk with your husband and your wife. Everything changes because you're putting God first. Amen? All right. And you won't find your purpose by staying comfortable. One of the things that I asked for, I said, Lord, if I'm going to be a pastor, <laughs> I don't want... Um, I don't want to pastor a church that wants to be comfortable. And I really mean that because comfort is, there's no growth in comfort, okay? Anytime God calls you to do something, to step out of the boat, like he told Peter, that causes a challenge. It brings you out of your comfort zone. When you want to um, all of a sudden, you know, like say, Lord, I want, to, I want to really just get into the word, that means there's going to be some tension with your Netflix schedule. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's going to be a conflict. But the, don't be afraid of conflict. Before a conflict, there's always um, a, a solution that's coming. There's something, there's a breaking that's happening. And think about it. If you're used to your Dunkin' Donuts every morning, it's going to be hard for you not to go back to it every morning. You know, if you want to cut out pizza, whatever it is. What I'm saying is this, anything requires Anything, whatever you want to move into the promises of God, same like things spiritually and physically, it will require sacrifice. Amen? We're on board with that? Hallelujah. All right. I want to point out, when you first come to Christ, that's another example. It's not comfortable. Ask people. <laughs> Why all of a sudden people are coming up to me and hugging me? I'm not used to that. Leave me alone, you know? Like, and uh, you know, all of a sudden Sid comes up to you and gives you the biggest hug and you're like, I've seen it. I loved watching this from this side. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just glad, Lord, I'm saved. <laughs> I see Sid coming up. He's not here. I can talk about him. <laughs> and he just starts, you know, and I've seen him literally pick up one guy one time. And I'm like, whoa, Sid. <laughs> That's amazing. I was impressed with Sid. Uh, I, I was like the fellow. I was like, Lord, 
Um, please help them come back to church after that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not afraid anymore, honestly. Because the thing is, when these people that came to know the Lord, when they later see, they're like, that's such genuine love, right? Yes, first coming to Christ is uncomfortable, but then you realize, like, because you changed pattern. Maybe you were used to Sunday night football or whatever, all Sunday football. It just goes nonstop. And then later on, at the end of the day, you're either angry or happy because you don't know if your team lost, you know. But you feel empty. So when you change that schedule, I love that because Matt shared that with me. He said, man, I used to be football. But he's like, now I love coming. He's like, there's some excitement that I come to the house of the Lord. I love that because that was my greatest example of just um, what God can do in American society, right? When, because football t- overtook uh, the church and faith. And um, people have left empty at the end of the day, right? So when you're coming to the Lord, anything when it comes to any kind of decision, it first brings discomfort, right? But don't be afraid. You're being pushed into your purpose. So Luke chapter uh, 1, verse 38. Uh, it said, and Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So this is us saying, okay, Lord. I'm laying it down, right? And the angel departed from her. And so angel comes in, gets out, boom. But she, I love her words. She said, I am the, uh, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. I love that. In, in other words, if you want to see great things uh, happen in your family, in your life, or in your future, focus on coming to agreement with God's plan. And this is where I'm excited about because I'm going to tell you God's plan. I'm kidding. I mean, I am. But I, certain things about God's plan, I know for sure that I'm about to give you. Please get your pen ready uh, or get your phones out. Write these notes down. I'm pretty excited. I think it will be, let's, let's engage before uh, we wrap up this message. Um, you might ask, well, what's the God's plan for my life? Like, Vic, how could you know God's plan for your life? Um, I'm going to give you some really cool points that I think the Lord gave me. It's not because they're coming uh, from the book. And uh, if you follow these five little steps... Um, you will succeed. Although, yes, that's God's word. <laughs> but I'm just saying it was driven by the Holy Spirit that God gave me some points that are coming straight out of my personal life, and I want to share that with you. All right? Number one, his plan is for you to be in a relationship with him. Okay? So, um, comfortable or not, okay, that's his plan. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. That's the backup for that. So, again, his plan is for you to be in a relationship with him. Right? First Timothy 2, 3, 4 backs it up, says, This is good and it's pleasing inside of our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to knowledge of truth. God has a door for everybody, right? Point number two, his plan for you is to glorify him in your life. All right? Having purpose in your life means glorifying God through your life, through every action, everything that you do. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 for that. In the same way, let your light shine before others, the glory of the Lord that is upon you. Amen. So that they may see your good works, means your actions follow. You don't just talk like, I'm a Christian. I've seen people say, I'm a Christian. And I'm like, Lord, it would have been better for you not to say that and embarrassed. <laughs> but action, you know, we are letters being read. You, you, what I'm saying is that your, your actions, your works will follow. Amen. In all of your ways. So in the same way, let your light shine before others so that may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And that's another interpretation. It says they will see it 
and they'll glorify God because what you are doing. Amen? What I am doing. I don't want to just point fingers at you. <laughs> this all applies to me. This comes from my journal, guys. <laughs> I'm really uh, opening up my uh, go-to plan. Maybe one day I will write a book. You know what? It's not too bad. <laughs> it's coming with such humility, guys. <laughs> point number three. His plan is for you to be planted in the house and a, be a citizen of his kingdom. Okay? His plan for you to be planted in the house and a citizen of his kingdom, to be a citizen of his kingdom. It's not just a good idea, but it actually works. And earlier in this year, I've talked message uh, midway through this year, last one. Uh, I had a message called planted, okay? Uh, look at this, Psalm 92, 13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Come on, somebody. That's good. Um, I want to read that again. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Okay? So just know who you are. I'm reminding you, okay? Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ. And Scripture tells us also, do not your store up treasures on, on these earth, right? All that will pass away. This year, you're storing up treasure in the faith because that's something that's going to not stop. It's not just going to, after you take your last breath, you can't take your gold or investment. You might be able, the best thing to do is leave it for your kids. That's a great thing, by the way, <laughs> invest in your kids and all that. But what I'm saying, the greatest thing you can do is spiritually invest into your family and into your children. It says, because when they grow old, they will not depart from him. That is my greatest request before the Lord. I'll be honest to you. It's not F-150 truck, I promise. That was a joke. It's for my kids to serve God. It's for them to know him. And that will bring me joy because knowing they can impact others. Amen. Number four. His plan for you is to prosper. <laughs> you know, People say, oh, prosperity doctrine, you know, blab it and grab it, you know, say it and see it. Uh, no, we're talking about God really wants you to prosper and doing good in everything that you do. And I'll say this. Um, he wants you to have progress in your life. He doesn't want you to stay the same like you are. He doesn't want you to live all your life struggling with just these addictions and just until your very last life and saying, he doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to have a prosperous, free life. Let me read this. Jeremiah 29. These are just like a pump-up rally scriptures. I know everybody knows them, but I'm going to read them. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you. This is God saying over you right now. Declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and future. God cares about your future. He cares about your kids. Come on, somebody. Okay, verse 12. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. God hears his kids. He hears his children. Verse 13. You will seek me. And you will find me. When you seek me with all your heart. So this is your heart before the Lord saying, God, I want to put this passage. And I know that you will prosper me. So next time somebody says, this prosperity doctrine just read this scripture. God doesn't want you to prosper. That means even despite of difficulties, even if there's going to be famine or struggle, you're going to be able to bless others. Scripture says you'll be able to uh, 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 just give. Your Lord is going to bless you. Amen? 
You're not afraid of no hunger or anything. God will take care of his children. He will not see his children, uh, scripture says, uh, to uh, go um, hungry, right? That's some Psalms. <clears throat> but he doesn't want you to stand in this holding pattern of sin or struggle or anything that you're dealing with right now. And the Holy Spirit's telling every one of us individually, we all have our own issues, right? <laughs> but God is saying, it's time. It's time to be set free. It's time to be pushed into your full purpose. Come on, amen? Hallelujah. Oh, last one, five. Is it all in your hand? <laughs> His plan is for you to overcome the world. <laughs> to overcome the world. First John, there's a lot of scriptures, but I'm going to just give you one. First John chapter 4, verse 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one in this world. Your plan for you is to overcome this world to overcome anything that can come your way sin can throw some bad driver in front of you and you or somebody will just put a middle finger right to your face and you're gonna just you're just gonna be moved with compassion like Jesus was you're gonna be like Lord I want him to know you you know I'm telling you guys uh, I started practicing that. I'm a living testimony of that. I used to uh, snap at people because I just get frustrated because I'm so righteous, you know. I know how it's done. And then things happen to you and you realize like, yeah, pff, you're eating out of your own words kind of. <laughs> a person will be judged by his own words, right? Um, so when you put God first, <laughs> amazing things happen and you will be able to overcome the world. This is the key. So all the things that we talked about right now, and you know there's certain thing, there's a thorn in your flesh, and you're like, ah, that one thing, Lord, I struggled with for 25 years, 35. But God is saying, um, let's get it out. Let's get, you, let's, let's get you healed. Come on. The Lord wants to bless you, and this is the year. He will. Not only will you be able to be healed yourself, but God is going to use you. God is going to use you to move you into full potential of his promises. Amen? Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We're going to pray, but don't worry. We still have kids. I know that. Um, I, just, I, don't want to, I want to encourage you, if you believe in Christ, to embrace his church. If this is your local church, embrace it, okay? There's no perfect church. Giving you a heads up. If you find one, I say it. Don't go there because it's no longer be perfect. Okay, we know that. But another thing is I want you to invite people to church, Okay? Um, and it's going to be amazing and exciting for you to start being able to see what God does in their life. Yes, it causes discomfort to go and to strike a cup of conversation with somebody and says, man, I want to bless you. Why don't you come to my house? Why don't you come with me to church, right? But I want us to challenge us to support the church, to serve the church, and stand with the church. That's his body, okay? This is what we have here on earth. The closest thing, honestly, to the Lord is for us as the body of Christ. Jesus says, that's my body, right? And Jesus is coming back <laughs> for his body, for his bride. Satan's real. Hell is real. <laughs> and it, Satan will do all he can to steal, kill, and destroy. Pay attention to that this year. Just be on guard. The moment God just gives you something, lock it into your spirit. And don't just put it away. Eat it. Go home, meaning just tread on it. Pray on it. Say, Lord, I, wanna, I want you to glorif be glorified in this part of your life. So that means moving out of our comfort zone, right? From our comfort to our calling. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. 
If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.